Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Good Life with Dawn Richards. I am Dawn Richards, your host, and I am so excited to be back with you again. We have been on this this path together, discovering God's goodness towards us, his will towards us as it relates to return on investment. I shared with you um, a few series, a few messages back when we started our series on return on investment that God had spoken to me about my life personally as I was wrapping up 2020, preparing for the new year 2021. And one of the things he spoke to me about this year was that it would be a year of return on investment. Now, I'm sharing that with you and I've been sharing that with you um, in this series because I believe that it's a word that anyone uh, that wants to believe God for more and for better and for higher can claim because it's based in the word. It's right here on the pages of the Bible and it's not a private interpretation. I mean, God may show me things as it pertains specifically to my life, my situations and circumstances, but he'll do the same for you. So why not be liberal? Why not um, you know, share this goodness with you as I anticipate more and more of um, the manifestation of this word. I'm seeing it, I'm living it, and I'm blessed by it. And I want to share and pass it along to you because the good life is, I believe, something that we all should be living. And it doesn't just pertain to a financial status. In fact, the Bible says that your life does not consist of the things you possess. We're going much deeper than that, and and today we're actually going to dive into the foundation of, you know, the fruit that comes with return on investment. We've been looking over the past few episodes, I think I think we started the series around episode 43 or 42, you can definitely go back and listen, but we started just seeing what the Word of God has to say, um, not you know, exhaustively, but to a certain degree. And I shared some key scriptures that I'm standing on and that I'm kind of, you know, latching on to throughout this journey and throughout this year in particular that minister that to me, um, Genesis 26 with Isaac sowing in a land of famine, yet he reaped a hundredfold return in the same year. And just taking you through many of the scriptures that speak to The abundance that God has for us that speaks to God's will to increase us, to prosper us, to multiply, um, you know, the blessing and the goodness of God in our lives. Because so many of us, we kind of just go along and get along and we're looking at things from that natural perspective, from that limited perspective, um, that lens that the world is confined to. We're not confined. You know, we don't do life as the world does life. The Bible says we're in this world, but we are not of it, meaning we have a higher order. And and I shared prior and the scripture makes it clear that our citizenship is in heaven. We are strangers. We're foreigners in this earth passing through. We have a job to do. We have a mission to do. We're on assignment from heaven. And while we're on assignment from heaven, just like any ambassador in this natural realm, when you're on assignment from your government and you go to another country, Guess what? You're not subjected to the conditions of that country if they're less than favorable than your home country. No, they have embassies. So you stay at the embassy. You have an estate. You can be in one of the most poverty stricken nations 
and I've heard people talk about it. And yet when that ambassador gets there, that U.S. embassy is going to be lavish. It's going to be an estate. And that's what God has called us to as ambassadors from heaven. No, we represent our home country. Glory be to God. There's no poverty in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. They're not confined to spam and beanie weenies in heaven. No, they're eating filet mignon and steaks if they want to. Glory be to God. Because they get it from where? <laughs> the home. The home country. The people that sent them there. The ones they're working for. The ones they're on assignment for. And so the same applies to us as ambassadors for Christ. You know, one of the dreams that I had for myself um, among many as a younger um, person and kind of going through my um, initial education, like post-secondary education in college, I've always had a love for government. I've always had a love for the political realm. And that's one of the reasons why I ended up majoring in political science. I also majored in English, but political science as well. Because that was just always something that fascinated me. And I always felt like just a, a pull in that direction as it related to world affairs, world events um, and diplomacy. And so I, I one of the things that I actually, you know, used to think about a lot was being a diplomat to at that time, I said, a Latin American country. And just, you know, thinking about that, thinking about, you know, the things I might be able to do in that realm, um, ultimately, you know, having the opportunity to do stints on Capitol Hill and be a part of like the international congressional committees and sit in those meetings and and work on bills and lobby towards some some key legislation um, that was, you know, happening at the time and even doing some some local and regional congressional internships. All of that was just stirring my wills and, 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 and just priming me for what a life, you know, in the civil service might look like, you know, working for the State Department someday and, and you know, glory to God, being appointed as an ambassador, um, which we know that, that that comes with a lot of politics itself sometimes. Um, but nonetheless, all of that was thrilling to me. And when I got born again as a senior in college, um, and learned that I was an ambassador for Christ, you can't imagine how that excited me because I was already kind of thinking about that that realm of diplomacy and, and ambassadorship and all of that. And to know that I was, whether I ever became an ambassador on behalf of my country in this natural realm, the United States, I, I was an ambassador for Christ. I still represent the highest government, the highest order that will ever be Glory be to God. And that thrilled me. So I hope it thrills you. And we're going to get back into our series today. I'm excited for us to look at the foundation of where it all begins. Um, you know, we've seen all of the, the blessings and, and as I like to kind of say, the fruits of what's there when God is moving and when the seed time and harvest is operating in our lives and when we're in that flow. But how do we how do we get it started? How does it really work? I want to pull back the covers so that you know how to as a skilled believer in Christ. The Bible says that we should be skilled. It, sh it says that we should be, you know, um, skilled in righteousness and we should be savvy in what we're doing. You know, it shouldn't be a hit or miss. 
Oh, I think I'll get my prayer answered, but I'm not sure. Okay, God answered that prayer, but I don't really know how to get it to happen again. No, we're supposed to be precise. We're supposed to know how to operate in the things of God as children of God, as ambassadors for Christ, as kings and priests of the Most High God. And so we're going to look at what the scripture has to say so that from this time forth, whether you are in a place of abundance, whether you are overcoming an area of lack, whatever it may look like, you know exactly what to do and you know exactly how to cooperate because we're co-laborers of Christ. We cooperate, meaning he operates and we operate and we flow together. We cooperate with the Lord. We cooperate with Christ to get things to happen, to get his will done in the earth as it is in heaven. So let's go to Mark 4. I'm picking up today in Mark 4. I will be starting in the New Living Translation. And as always, I invite you to read along if you have your Bibles near and handy. Um, Otherwise, just listen. You can always go back and um, go through it more in-depthly with your Bible at a later time. So let's just pick right up here in Mark 4. And we're going to start in verse 1. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. And then we're going to switch over to verse 13. So Mark 4. It says, once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. There was such a large crowd along the shore that he got into a boat and sat down and spoke from there. He began to teach the people by telling many stories such as this one. So Jesus is about to start teaching here. He's about to start laying down some truths and we don't want to miss it. So what is he going to tell us? All right. In verse three, it says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. And as he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The plant soil, excuse me, the plant sprang up quickly, but it soon wilted beneath the hot sun and died because the roots had no nourishment in the shallow soil. Other seed fell among thorns that shot up and choked out the tender blades so that it produced no grain. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a 100 times as much as had been planted. And then he said, anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. So just here in this quick parable that the Lord gave, we see that there was seed and that someone was attempting to sow the seed. There was a farmer and he found the soil. There were different types of soil. In fact, the Bible highlights four types of soil. But it also tells us as it goes along that out of all that soil and all those seeds, there was only one soil, only one fourth. Only 25% of the seed that actually yielded a return, that actually yielded a harvest. So 75% of that seed never produced anything. And, you know, there are people walking around every day. The seed is being sown. I am a sower. I'm sowing the seed of God's word. Because we're going to go over now to verse 13. 
And we're going to really break it down because the disciples were sitting there. The people were sitting there. They were listening. And Jesus was telling them, he says, now, you want to listen to this. You want to hear what I'm saying, because what I'm saying to you is very important and you want to understand it. So they were hearing it, but the understanding part wasn't quite clicking. So the Lord took it further. He took it deeper. He's a master storyteller. He's the chief parable teller. He, he spoke in parables because he wanted people to get it where they were in their lives. He broke kingdom principles down, eternal principles down into everyday relatable stories and examples that they could take with them. They could process and then they could live by glory to God. And so that's what he's doing here. And picking back up in verse 13, he lets them know. He says, now, if you can't understand this story. You will not be able to understand anything else I'm going to say to you. And I like what my pastor used to say about this, about this passage. He says, this is the grandfather parable of them all. Meaning, you've got to get this if you want to get anything else that the Lord is saying to us in the Bible. Because everything about how the kingdom of God works, how we are to relate to the kingdom, how our expectations are to be framed comes out of this grandfather parable. Everything else, our love walk, how we relate to one another, our righteousness, you know, our service, um, everything about how we live is going to come out of this because ultimately life is truly about seed, time, and harvest. It doesn't really matter what category you're targeting. If it's your health, we sow seeds every day that germinate good health or not so good health, better health or could be better health. If it's our finances, we sow seeds every day with our words, with our thoughts, with our actions, with our finances that tend to blessing, increase, multiplication, Riches or poverty, lack, not enough, insufficiency, broke. So we need to understand how it works. We need to understand that everything in the kingdom of God comes down to this. And so I like to say I saved the best for last because once you get this, once your foundation is steady, then you can build as high as your heart, as your imagination, as your faith, as your dreams, as you're cooperating with God, you and God together, as high as you will, as broad and as wide as you will. There are no limits in God. Remember, we talked about that. The Bible makes that clear. But first, we have to have the proper foundation. And sometimes we have to go back and we have to Tighten that foundation up. Sometimes we start off with a really strong foundation and then things happen. Time goes by and maybe we get a little absent minded about things or we forget or or we get a little loose or we get a little lazy or we get disappointed. And so we kind of pull back, whatever the case may be. It's never too late. You can never do enough when it comes to making sure your foundation is strong and secure because if you were building a house in the natural you absolutely would make sure that everything about that foundation is secure is sturdy 
is strong. And then you begin to build. And then you begin to add the frame. And then you begin to decorate. And then you're ready to what? Live in it and enjoy it. Glory to God. So we're going to pick right back up here. So he tells us in 13, if we can't understand this story, how will we understand all the others he's going to tell? And he goes back into it. He says, the farmer that I talked about is the one who brings God's message to others. So see, that's who I am this morning. That's who I am today. I'm recording this in the morning, but I am that farmer. I am the sower. I'm sowing the seeds of God's word. Do you know that you're also that farmer? You're also the sower because when you pick up your Bible, when you listen to a podcast like this, when you spend time with God in prayer, you're sowing. You're sowing. When you watch television, you're sowing. When you read books and magazines, you're sowing. It doesn't matter what it is. You're still sowing. And see, that's the thing we have to get. It's not just when we do the right thing or when we do good things or when we do God things. It's everything. That's why we want to be selective and be mindful and intentional to do the right thing, to do the good thing. To do the God thing, because we understand, Jesus says you need to understand. Whatever you do, it's going to have an impact, good or bad. We want the good. So we want to increase our knowledge and our capacity and our capability around generating and doing and flowing with the good, minimizing, detracting and stomping out the bad. God is merciful. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And so you don't have to stress yourself out, so to speak. But again, you want to be operating in wisdom. And so he says the farmer that I was talking about is the one who brings God's message to others. So I'm the farmer today. The seed that fell on the hard path represents those who hear the message. So this is that first soil, that first category of soil, soil that first ground. And do you know the soil that I'm sowing into today? It's not physical dirt. It's not a natural soil. I'm not outside in the garden with a shovel and a hoe and some soil that I picked up from the nursery. No, the soil is your heart. The soil is my heart. That's the soil that the seed of God's word is sown into. So we're talking about hearts today. We're talking about your heart. And so the first ground was seed that fell on hard paths. And it represents those who hear God's word. But then Satan comes, the Bible says, at once and takes it away from them. So listen, you're sitting here listening to this word, hearing this word, and the enemy knows it. He's plotting, he's plotting, he's standing right outside. Your door, your car, your business, your church, your bedroom, wherever you are. And he's plotting on how is he going to steal this word? Can he get you mad at somebody? Can he get you frustrated? Can he get you fearful? Can he throw a monkey wrench in your plans? Can he cause you to, you know, stump your toe? What is it? What is it that's going to throw them off? What is it that's going to get make them forget about everything they just heard? That this is their year of return on investment. That they can own their destiny. They can grow. They can increase. They can flourish no matter where they are today. Greater, better is there. He's plotting. So we've got to be wiser than that. 
Do you know the devil is not better than you? He's not smarter than you. No, he's a fool from, you know, respectfully, he's a fool. <laughs> I only say respectfully because he was created by God as that great archangel. And so from that perspective, yes, but he blew it. So can't be too smart, right? And now he's a defeated foe. Jesus whipped his tail. He's defeated. He's under our feet. So who's the better? Who, who has power over whom? Luke 10, 19 says we have power over him. Okay, so he can't just do whatever he wants in your life. He doesn't have that power. Now, we have to give it to him and we're not going to do that today. Right. We're going to be smarter than that. So he's standing there and he wants to take it at once. Why? Because if he takes it at once, it doesn't have a chance to grow a root. Because all fruit comes from what? A root. And the only way you can have a root is if it can go down. And there's time for that root to form. And then it comes up, up out of the ground. The fruit comes up out of the ground. So what's happening under the surface is greater in the beginning than what you see above the surface. Okay. And so he's going to try to come at once and take it away. Then we move on to the second category of people. That was the rocky soil. And so there... It's the rocky soil that represents the people who hear God's word. So once again, everybody's hearing the same thing. I want you to notice this. I want you to pay attention. Everybody is hearing it. Everybody is at church. Everybody is in the pew. Everybody is tuned in to the live stream. Everybody's hearing it. But not everybody's getting the same results. So the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. Oh, yes, that was a good word. Oh, he preached today. She preached today. Girl, you have to go listen to this podcast episode. Oh, my goodness. It was so good. Hallelujah. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. See, at first, they get along fine. But they wilt as soon as they have problems or are persecuted. Because they believe the word. You see, we talked about this some before. But with the blessing. With the word. With the will of God. Comes persecution. Comes challenges. Simply because you believe the word. The enemy doesn't like the fact that we believe God and we get results and we live good and we keep him defeated and under our feet and we keep reinforcing what a failure he is and how people need to come on the Lord's side. He doesn't like that. They're not throwing a party in hell, but they are in heaven. And so he's going to try through what's limited to him in his natural realm to get you again off track. You know, the Bible says, what can separate us? It asks the question in Romans 8. What can separate us from the love of God for us in Christ Jesus? And then it gives a list of things that can possibly do it if we allow it. Problems, persecution, famine, hunger, death, all kinds of things. And my answer and your answer should be nothing can separate me from the love of Christ, from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And when it comes to problems that come in life, problems go along with being in this earth. We're going to have problems just because we're people of faith. 
just because we're believers in Christ Jesus, just because we're born again, heaven is our home. It doesn't exempt us from still having to deal with some of the crap that happens in this world. But what it does exempt us from is having to be subjected to it, having to be defeated by it, having to succumb to it. Because this is what Jesus said to us in John 6, 33. He says, in this world, I don't want you to walk around with a false expectation. In this world, you will have trouble. But, and so what we know about grammar, language context and syntax is that when you put but in there, it zeroes out everything that just came before it. It totally flips it. So somebody could say, you know what? I think you are the loveliest woman I've ever met. But as soon as they say but, just forget about everything they just said, because what they're about to say is what they really mean. Okay? so Jesus said in this world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. But be of good cheer. This is what I want you to focus on. Because this is why you can be of good cheer. This is why you can laugh in the face of trouble and the devil and your problems and anything that this world might try to come up with. Because I've overcome the world for you. I've defeated it for you. So you're good because you're with me. So translation, we have the victory. He says he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. He says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So, yeah, you're going to face the trouble. Just like the next person. But your outcome is going to be different. You're going to triumph over the trouble. You're going to outlast and surpass the trouble and get even better and stronger and more blessed as a result of the attack while someone else will be defeated by it. It'll it'll take them out. So see, that's the difference. The glory is different. But that's no reason to back off the word. In fact, that's the time to double up if you have to. Okay, you want to start some stuff, Satan? I got something for you. I'm going to wear your behind out with this word. Because what we know about the word is that it always produces. It always produces. That's why the Bible calls it incorruptible seed, meaning it will always produce. There's nothing that can corrupt it. There's nothing that can taint it. There's nothing that can block it. There's nothing that can stop it. It always produces. It's incorruptible indestructible glory to god so this second category of people they just can hang because oh i've had some problems i know that they said i was healed but my stomach hurts i know they said i was healed but i got this diagnosis yeah that and that is sad that's sad it's hard yeah but guess what you're victorious because what the word of god says is still true your circumstances don't change what, what God has said about your life. A problem coming into your life doesn't change the fact that you're victorious, that you will win, that the enemy cannot make it stick, that he doesn't have ultimate authority over you and your life, that God does and you do. So you're going to keep standing in the word. You're going to keep letting that word produce. You're going to keep speaking God's promises. You're going to keep thanking God. You're going to keep trusting God. 
You're going to keep on keeping on because you're already blessed. You're already healed. You're already prosperous. And that fruit from that root is going to come to pass. Bless the Lord. Then we get to the third category. In verse 16. And here it says the thorny ground represents those who hear the word. Once again, everybody's hearing it. Those that hear the word. They accept it. They say, yes, I receive that. This is for me. I believe it. Yes, Lord. Amen. But all too quickly. And I think this is where the majority of people fall today. In this day and age. All too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for nice things. So no crop is produced. Now, as we're going through these categories of soil, these categories of hearts, lives, you should be praying and you start asking the Holy Spirit to show you where you fit in all of this. Because if you're not seeing this next category as evidence in your life that means you're in one of the other categories i'm praying that we all end up in this final category but here the thorny heart is the heart that's full of everything so the word doesn't even have a chance it doesn't have a chance to get get down deep because every time it tries there you are caught up in a care and a worry But there you are chasing money and chasing wealth and chasing fame and and trying to be Insta famous and and trying to have somebody give you a thousand likes over here. And, you know, no. And we all, in some degree or capacity, are prone to this. No one's off limits, but you have to catch yourself and you have to bring yourself back to the center and to what really matters, which is God. Serving God, fulfilling God's will, and all these other things the Bible says will be added unto you. God doesn't mind you being exalted. God doesn't mind you having influence and honor. In fact, he says he gives us influence and honor. He's the giver of the good things. So he's not against that. He's just against it having you. He's against you exalting it over him. Because he knows that that only leads to pain, disappointment, loss failure and he doesn't want that for us he wants to be our source because the bible tells us in proverbs 10 22 his blessings make rich and here's the key they add no sorrow with it i don't want sorrow blessed but i'm stressed trying to be blessed but i'm stressed have some money but i'm unhappy i'm depressed no you know relationships messed up got money but my family can't stand me. Got money, but I'm sick. Got money, but I can't think straight. Got money, I keep getting in these toxic relationships. That's not the will of God. That's not prosperity. That's not the return on investment that God wants for our lives. So don't let the day-to-day life and living crowd out God's word. Don't let the cares God teaches us about this in Matthew 6 in depthly. He says, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about what you're going to put on, wear, eat, drink, sleep. And we're going to have to wrap it up here. I do want to get 
this final category and then we'll pick up here next time. Glory to God. You see how it keeps going? But we're not in any rush. We want to hear all that God has to give us on this, right? So finally, in verse 20, it says, but the good soil, finally, huh? Yes, we've gotten to the good soil. The good soil represents those who hear and accept God's message and produce a huge harvest. Somebody out there say a huge harvest. Glory to God. I'm all about that huge harvest. <laughs> 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. And we know it's possible. We've seen people in the Bible do it. People that didn't even have a covenant with Jesus that we have. Back in the Old Testament, they were producing a hundredfold return in the same year. We know that that's God's will for us. And now we see what it takes to do it. And we're going to look even further at what it takes to do it in our next episode. This is episode 46. We're on our return on investment series. And I thank you for staying plugged in with me. As always, I pray this message has blessed you. I pray blessings over your life. I pray that you continue to prosper and flourish. I pray that you live intentionally. And until we're together again, may you be saturated with the good, abundant life in Christ Jesus. God bless you.